are back. It is Borat Club back uh, at it again for the 19th time, I think, Ryan. Um, Nine? Yeah, 19. 19. 19, 19 watches of Borat. And uh, this was a very special watch this week, Ryan, because for the first time in a while, uh, I think for since like December, maybe, we did not watch wow. it alone. Okay, it's been that long, huh? I th- it was definitely before the new year. Um, Jeez, okay. Might time, have even been longer, yeah. Time flies when you're having Borat, let me tell you. Time does fly when you're having Borat, <laughs> sure. But yeah, we have a guest this week. Um, you brought one of your friends along. Uh, Mark is joining us this week. Hello, yes. Mark. Welcome to the show. Hello, hello. What's up? Well, we just watched Borat, and that's what's up. Um, that's all that's <laughs> yes. ever up, uh, as far as I'm concerned these days. So, yeah, I mean, this was your first watch of Borat, I believe, right? Yes, absolutely. Um, I was, I did the math. Borat came out when I was in eighth grade, I believe. Okay. Okay. So, and I remember, I have memories of people quoting Borat at that time, but I've never <laughs> actually, <Great>. like... <laughs> I remember these two, like, there are, like, two kids in particular in my grade that Uh I can remember just ceaselessly quoting Borat, but I have never actually seen it before this. That's so funny, because I had a, I feel like I had a similar experience. I did not see the movie until some, like, a few years after it came out, and I definitely had people in my class who were always quoting Borat, always quoting South Park, you know, which Mm -hmm. which is aged really well. Um, Yeah. What is yeah, the there's... what is the one from South Park like where they do the crab people or whatever and it's like a song? Uh, um, walks like crab, crab talks, talks like, like people. people yeah, I have like that. that yeah. I have that permanently burned into my brain uh, because of these <laughs> chuckle fucks. And I would say, I would say, even now, even now in the year twenty twenty, I still hear people do do the very nice. Which mm-hmm. I think is more of like a reflexive thing for some people at this point, where they do it without yeah. thinking about it, which shows you just how deeply Borat has permeated our culture. Yeah, it's been. I think it's been separated from the movie to an extent that it's just yeah. a thing people say now. But yeah, it's like a ginormous from Alf with Will Ferrell. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think it's also kind of like I think we might have talked about this before, but it's also kind of like ironic in a way because Borat has like become shorthand for something being not funny at all in like the last few years yeah especially i feel like so like i feel like that and my wife is like a is it's like a real like look how ironic i'm being because i know i'm being not funny here kind of thing you know it's kind of it's kind of like the new shrek a bit right a little bit yeah yeah Uh, i don't are we are we on like the are we on like the bleeding edge of of internet irony with this podcast we we've been uh, if we are we've been on it for a while now um (laughs) oh god i uh i i would rather not be on the bleeding edge of anything if it has to do with borat but i guess we are i guess unfortunately we, we really are so so mark i guess the big question here is you hmm. you've actually listened to the podcast you've heard um, yes you've heard the episodes we've done prior to this but not seen the movie so i guess right yes. off the bat my my question is how did this hold up to your expectations like what were your expectations going in and how did borat meet or fail to meet those those ideas of the movie um well, so first of all i think you guys did a really good job actually of describing a lot of the scenes 
because I <laughs> like in my head I had actually pictured them as pretty similar to what we saw. Uh-huh. Great. Um so <laughs> like a lot of things were basically more or less like there wasn't a lot of dissonance where I was like, oh, that's completely wrong. That feels completely wrong to me because it's totally different. Yeah. But you you essentially like had the had like the book adaptation and now yeah. you're seeing the yes. movie version for the I, first yeah, time. Yeah, I listened to the audiobook before yeah. I <laughs> saw the movie. The tw- the yeah. twenty two hour poor audiobook. <laughs> yeah. I I suffered a lot alongside you. Mm. Yeah, well, um. <laughs> yeah, I, I feel like pretty early into the movie, like you had really the only sort of moment that you vocalized to us, at least of like not having really pictured what was going on with the awful running of the Jews scene where it, yes. like, it, it really does take you like it really it, it hits hard when it's you see it for the first time and you see those yeah. character designs. Yes, the the costume that I pictured in that scene was not as, you know, massive and, like, flamboyant right. as that one was. Like, I thought it would be pretty, like, unremarkable, honestly, because of... Because mm-hmm. uh-huh. the aesthetic that I pictured with that village is that, like, you know, everything's very, like, shitty and run down. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, you know... I thought the aesthetic that they were going for was that, like, oh, it's very unimpressive. But that costume is actually mm-hmm. way out there. And it's very, like, it's wild compared to everything else. Yeah, they really, uh, they really go for it in that scene. Uh, for better or for worse. <laughs> I mean, I would definitely oh, for say worse. for worse. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, no mistake it's a lot. I remember. You uh, you specifically asked if we had talked about the egg at all on this podcast before. And I, I said that I thought that we had, but I mean, the the egg is bad, right? The egg yes. is really bad. I Now that we're mentioning it again, I feel like I do remember it, like, vaguely. Uh-huh. Yeah, but, I, I feel like we probably just didn't do it justice, because it is... It's our you know, like she, she lays an egg that is... It, like it is the size of a small child right like it is yeah it is huge i and it, it, you just get this swarm of children who come along and just beat the fuck out of this egg and it's yeah it's really least, something the thing i remember <laughs> the thing i'm remembering now is the line where they say quickly like kill the egg before it hatches yeah that yeah, like now now that i'm thinking about that i'm like okay yeah that sounds like a thing yeah, it's a, it's a lot to take in, but you know what? I think most of this movie is still kind of a lot to take in. Mm. I I think I've kind of come back around on it. I actually really enjoyed this watch. Uh, for second week in a row, enjoyed Borat. That's uh, that's really swinging around from where we were like yeah. a month ago on this podcast. Yeah. Uh, so I guess I guess Mark, uh, we we've kind of got your general impressions. So 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 would you like just off the cuff before we get into it yes or no would you watch Borat again I would you would I can, okay I can Borat. say pretty pretty confidently that I would Okay yeah, it, it, okay it, it it is an easy watch right like it, it's not yes. it doesn't feel long especially those first the handful of times you watch it it really does like fly by so Yeah I like there were a lot of points, obviously, where I was, you know, groaning and just mm-hmm. bracing myself in my seat. Um, 
but yeah, but it goes quickly enough that I'm like, it doesn't f- reach the point of like material suffering. Right. I okay. Through, like yeah. I can get through it sure. without taking psychic damage for the most sure. part. <laughs> so, okay. Where do we want to go from here? Because I guess we could go ahead and go through your list and see, was there anything specific that you kind of wanted to discuss about this movie? Like, Anything, anything that really jumped out to you that just begs to be kind of addressed? Because if not, I think I think Niall and I might have a couple of things, but I wanna I wanna pass it off to you first. Sure. See yeah. What you have to say. I mean, so when I started listening to the show, I like got very deep into sort of like thinking about this movie constantly, and I was just <laughs> like, <laughs> okay, I was. Like, in my head, based on your description, I was, like, doing a close reading of Borat, as, uh-huh. and it was miserable. Uh, <laughs> you, this this podcast basically gave me brainworms for, like, a couple weeks, where I just couldn't stop thinking about Borat. Um, Love that. Love that. Yeah. So... That is, I, that is hands down, hands down what we intend to do with this show. Yeah. Yes. Um, and so... You know, so I was like thinking through Borat and I kind of wanted to bring up, um, cause my, my question in sort of looking at this movie was like, why was it so big at the time? Like, okay. Because this movie got so much acclaim, like when it released right. and like, you know, and now it's nothing like it's people don't even remember this movie exists. But like, yeah, 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 I keep yeah. coming. I keep coming back to wondering, like, what was it at that moment that made this movie like so huge and so mm. like you know interesting to people? And so I was trying to do a reading of Borat as if Sasha Baron Cohen was in fact a genius. And <laughs> <laughs> okay, so and I think so. I as like a cultural moment. If you look at this, it's I think it's really interesting because it's Borat is like a character of like it's condensed like American xenophobia. Yes. Yes. In a character. But then like in the the course of the movie, it's sort of Americans being confronted with that xenophobic mm-hmm. view and sort of like their own reaction to like being confronted with that and i think it's super interesting actually (laughs) yeah yeah like i think i think that element of it is really compelling i think my problem with it is that looking back on it it feels like he just doesn't go as far with it as he as he should you know yeah definitely like there there are moments of it that are really really good but then he gets, you know, the 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 Republicans in DC, and and he doesn't do anything with them, right? Like he just makes yeah. like a racist joke. But I think you're right in that if we're sort of exploring why this film was popular in the first place, I I I, I do think that there is that element of like, oh, he's you know uh, uh, unearthing like the worms like beneath American society, like the whole yeah. kind yeah. of david lynch blue velvet panning down from the white picket fence into the uh like like the beatles and all that kind of stuff um yeah like i think conceptually i really like sort of like the idea of this movie mm. but i think okay. like sasha baron cohen is trying to take on so much like at like if you want to 
say that he's brilliant and that this is like a deep satire. It's like uh-huh. he's trying to go for so much and I just don't think you know, even if you're even if you're giving him that he's like a genius, like I don't think that he's prepared to deal with a lot of this. Like he re- he reaches for so much and just doesn't get there. Like he's just not able to fully bear the weight of that. Okay, interesting. Interesting. You so okay. This is a lot to consider because I don't think we've ever really taken this movie from the single before. Uh, this is this is a really fresh perspective on Borat that like, like I think we talked about our opinion that he's that like he's not some mastermind genius, right? Right. That, like, yeah. And I and I definitely don't believe he is. No. <laughs> okay. And and I I think we've like I think in the first episode we sort of brushed up against the idea of kind of what you're talking about. You know, we we kind of talked about how you can't really dissect borat in a serious way without examining like post 9 11 society in the united states and like the fear of foreigners especially from you know central asia and you know in Mm -hmm. the wake of all that um but i I think like i i do agree with you when you say that like he's kind of going for so much and reaching for so much and he never quite like gets to any yeah one point strongly enough you know um yeah i i i do appreciate the way he's attempting to shine a light on like the inherent you know racism and xenophobia and fear of the outside of society of that point in time but you know like i feel like he could do more to comment on it you know like really the only time you really get a strong sense that he's like trying to comment heavily on it is like the imperial rodeo and the frat boys where these people are just sticking their you know like hands in their mouth basically you know yeah just making complete assholes of themselves um i like i think when you look at it it like it becomes really clear that like sasha baron cohen sort of like coincides with like that sort of neoliberal like trying to comment and be progressive but not actually committing to it at all right and i think you see that in like like the alan keys thing we always bring up like because it's such a horrible thing where he refers to him with like a racist joke and that's kind of it you know like like i I i think i think ryan once like might have you know kind of said it was like a daily show sketch where they try and like send up a republican and in the you know in the process do something racist themselves sort of yeah thing, like because he's you know uh allegedly like trying to sort of comment on all of this but actually mm-hmm. like is relying on the same like racism and you know yeah exactly yeah bigotry that like he's you know people are giving him credit for you know satirizing but right it's kind of blind to its own like problems you know in a lot of ways it's kind, yeah. of, it's kind of like today when he does when he you know he goes on social media and complains about Mar- mark zuckerberg when like mm-hmm. a lot of the shit that like you hear is like from you know the worst segments of society or stuff that you see in this movie that he kind of doesn't do an awful lot about either you know like yes the frat boys are basically just proto like you know alt-right or whatever in a lot of ways yeah Yeah. so like what do you think of like the moment of like 2006 when this got 
Oscar nods and everything. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. it really says something about sort of what was happening at the time and like where people were considered oh, like yeah. in their political stances and stuff where they're like, oh yeah, like this movie's so good and clever. Like, but yeah. Really, like, and I think it's, uh, it lines up so well. It does. Right. It really is kind of the perfect storm. And I think what, um, I think what a lot of people will say about this movie, it, you know, kind of why it was so ahead of its time, you know, quote unquote, is because it does, uh, again, quote unquote, push boundaries, you know, like yeah. people, people love to be like, oh, this, this is so, you know, pushing the envelope, like, oh, it's so like on the bleeding edge and like, yeah, like transgressive. Yeah, the only thing you could say about this is that it fucking looks like they're having gay sex at one point, and like, yeah, <laughs> come on, like, come on, please. It's um, I don't know. I think it's definitely of its time in that sense too. But yeah, I think you're right, Mark, in that it does peel back the sort of social context of what was happening at the time, and um, mm-hmm. and I I think you're right that it was just kind of. I almost want to give it to Sasha Baron Cohen in that he clearly knew, like, clearly this character existed before all of this, right? On, like, the Ali yes. G show and yeah, such. Yeah, um, it did. But he, he definitely knew what he could, like, swing into something that would be popular at this point in time, right? Like, yeah. like, like this feels... It, it really feels kind of, like, laser-targeted for the period it came out in, which... Um, yeah, definitely. I, like... That must have been part of the pitch of making this movie. It was like, uh, yeah. here we go. like here's the perfect moment for this character to be something. Right. And it, it like, you know, it's incorporating elements of other things that, you know, were sort of along that sort of I don't I hate to use the word subversive, but you know, like along yeah, that sort like of mold air in the, quotes. Yeah, like in the years coming up to it, you know, like it's got those elements of like jackass punk style hidden camera stuff. It's got, yeah, it's like this sort of like centralist, like, yeah, you know, like I don't want to actually offend anybody, but I just want to be really edgy and get credit for that. Yeah. Yeah, which again, like, very, like, fitting for, you know, that point of of time, I guess, where right. we're sort of in, like, the dregs of culture in the West, you know, like, where there really wasn't any culture to speak of, mm-hmm. as we've talked about before. Like, it's just, yeah, it, it, it feels like, like, I can kind of look at Borat and I can see how you could do something like this and make it like actually incisive and subversive and biting. Right. And, like he, j- he just doesn't go in those directions. He just, he goes for all the easy jokes, like with the feminist scene where it's just like every lazy joke you could think of the, yeah. the nude fight scene where the whole joke is how it looks gay, you know, like, right. It's, it's yeah. I think, I think you're totally right. And like, I think it's also like, really interesting that it's coming back into sort of people's minds at this moment also yeah like (sighs) where everything is sort of going buck wild the united states again and i think people are sort of getting more fond for that sort of like centrist like comforting kind of view he's gonna bring borat back right like i can feel it oh yeah yeah i I can feel it in the wind borat (laughs) Borat's coming back in 2020. It's like, an election year. 
It's yeah. it's it's centrist season. Borat it will be relevant once again. I promise. Yeah, yeah, he'll he'll definitely be back on Fallon or Kimmel or whichever one of them. He goes on every election cycle to do the whole thing where he walks around and tries to get people to vote for Trump or whatever again. Like that's definitely yeah. going to happen. I yeah. like. I don't think it's a coincidence that you sort of started this podcast in a moment that where I think it's going to be very relevant again suddenly. Oh god. This is uh this is how the Washington Post is going to interview us, right? They'll be like <laughs> Borat returning in 2020, fucking centrist wet dream back on the big screen yeah. and then they come to us, the Borat experts. Oh right. god. Uh, oh, this, yes. yeah, this is your end to getting <laughs> quoted again. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Like I don't Borat is a 20th century Fox movie, right? Uh, yeah, it is. So it's, yeah. it's a Disney property. Yeah, mm-hmm. they they like completely locked down all the repertory screenings of like their 20th Century Fox movies. So yeah. I I don't think we'll ever see Borat in theaters again. At least not anytime soon. Mm. Yeah, I uh, that's kind of upsetting. I would. That's the thing. I would definitely see Borat in a theater. Yeah. That like. After after uh, all of this, I, I'm definitely like, yeah, I want to experience that, actually. <laughs> like, I just, I am so curious what the atmosphere would be like. Yeah. I, well, the good news is that I'm going to go see the first Austin Powers in a theater come, right. come April. So, or maybe it's in May, I can't remember. But um, mm. I will definitely let you all know how that pans out. Because I'm assuming, I'm assuming it would be a similar kind of crowd. But, um. Sure. Yeah. Now that we've kind of uh, now that we've kind of established like like a general mood on Borat this watch uh, like mm-hmm. kind of this time around, do we want to go beat by beat and talk about anything that we uh, we notice in specific on this watch of Borat? Because I think uh, I think even for Niall and I, we noticed a couple new things this time around. Yeah, sure. yeah. I I feel like the like the big thing that kind of all three of us noticed here was um, actually in the nude fight scene where Azamat like throws borat and it's like right it's like a it's like a pro wrestling move where like somebody gets thrown but like the guy getting thrown is the one doing all the work like borat just like takes this huge like dive basically across the room onto the bed and it just looks amazing and i don't know how we've never like paid any attention before but it it really got it got like a reaction out of all of us i feel like Uh, yeah i think it's um i think it's one of those things where like we've seen it so many times that we just kind of miss it but um he gets thrown across the bed by azimat and i think we can mention this part when he hits the bed he makes this noise like like he (laughs) he does like a fucking dracula noise when he hits the bed (laughs) it's the sound of him bouncing yeah yeah, it's uh, it's 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 actually really funny. Um, it's, it's it's maybe the most legitimately funny part of that entire uh, that entire nude fight scene. Yeah, I it's because Azamat is like such a small person compared to yeah uh, Sasha Baron Cohen, like that. It's like you know the physics just don't play out. Yeah, he's the like way a foot shorter than him. Yeah, so I don't know. I. <sighs> Let's let's crack our knuckles and get down to business here. All right. Okay. Okay, Mark. What was your favorite and what was your least favorite part of this movie? Yeah, please. Oh, oh boy. Right. <laughs> um, uh, I'm trying to think. So, a we we talked about the soundtrack a lot while we were going through it. 
And yes. I uh-huh. like I can confirm the soundtrack's very good. The way they good. use kind of folksy music at some parts is really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm glad that we're not the only people who think that. Like, I'm glad I'm glad our guests can collaborate on that matter because um, yeah, it's one of those things where I feel like we've watched this so many times that sometimes we're just straining for something like anything to yeah. to like hold on to <laughs> yeah. and to say to say is good. But I'm glad that on just a first listen, you you also agree that the soundtrack is 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 really good. Yeah, or at like, least at least good, good. Maybe not really good, but good. <laughs> yeah, I I appreciate that. Like when they go for the sort of uh like folk music, it's not like really stock stuff. It's actually like interesting <clears throat> and fun to listen to. Um, uh huh. So I appreciated that. Um, and like, uh, we did. Uh, we also talked about how um. Sasha Baron Cohen's performance in this is really interesting. Oh yeah, yeah. We, yeah. We, you had a lot to say about uh, Sasha Baron Cohen's commitment to uh, to his acting in this film. Yeah, like because he is simultaneously, I was saying, like he's like the best and worst part of the movie because, like, <laughs> when when it hits, like if when it the character and the situation like connect perfectly, it's like. You know, I don't, it's not funny, but it's like well performed at least. Sure. But then, like, there are also other moments where, like, he just goes for these things and they feel like so out of the situation that it kind of like pulls you out of it. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. So, I like, there's definitely something there that I think is interesting or, like, you know, tells you something about like his performance, but. It doesn't quite get all the way. It's not consistent enough. Yeah, yeah, I can kind of see what you mean. Like, I do think that I always really respect Sasha Baron Cohen's commitment to the character here. Like, uh, mm-hmm. like he went full method for this movie. Like, he is Borat. Like, there, it, there yeah. is no Sasha Baron Cohen. It is all Borat. But unfortunately, his idea of Borat tends to be a little, uh, a little inconsistent in places. But like, yeah. I think. <sighs> I think most of the time he really knows the characters he plays, right? Like he comes up yeah. with this whole sort of like person and really kind of inhabits them for for better or worse, you know. And um, <laughs> yeah. even though even though I feel like Borat is sort of just like this, uh, I mean, Borat is essentially an excuse to like punk people, right? But, yeah. but the one thing I the one thing I respect about this movie is that. Uh, Again, I'm really giving it to Sasha Baron Cohen this week, but Borat does feel like a real person. Like, he is believable as this, like, weirdo, bananas, like, fuck freak dude, yeah. I guess. Like, and uh, I, I, I think I think when it works, it works. I think you're right. Yeah, like, there are moments, like, the way he acts Borat is, like, it feels so strange and so, like, not like so uncanny almost but it fits <laughs> who he is and stuff like it works in the context of the movie right so it's really interesting i mean because we talked about also like he has like his special borat walk where he raises yeah. his knees too high and it looks weird like <laughs> there are so many small things that he puts into this character that like 
work in like making this movie feel right. Oh. Yeah, he definitely knows like exactly who he is in this movie. Like like you said, the walk, like it's it's the kind of thing nobody is gonna pay attention to in most cases, but like he's done the work to like think about that, which I kind of appreciate as much as I hate the movie otherwise. Yeah. In terms of the worst parts of it, I would uh-huh. say like the the antique shop pratfall scene. Real bad. Real bad. It's like it feels very forced. It's very obvious. Yeah. yeah. Like, you know, and there's nothing to it really. Like there's nothing interesting there. It's just him being an idiot and falling over. Right. But like, it's like an old Three Stooges sketch. Like it, yeah. you know exactly where it's going and it's there's nothing interesting about it. Yeah. And I like I was saying like the only way that scene could work for me at all is if there were like people who weren't in on it that were right. witnessing it because at least their reaction shots could be interesting or funny. But right. it's such like a controlled environment because like the only two people there are like the two people that are like own or work at it. So yeah, it it really kind of comes off as like unnatural in a in a way. Yeah, it it really has a feeling of like they opened up the store early and like just so they could do this like shoot right or whatever. Yeah, it it feels very. He went in. It's very like sterile. Yeah, it does. So it's a really good observation because I am. I've always felt like there's something like like just awkward about that scene, and I feel like it's just because it's so quiet. But yeah. but the idea that people there would make it a better scene is such a good observation because. Well, thank you. Yeah, yeah, it's just like one of those things where, um, gosh, I don't know. Are we at the point where we're just going to rewrite Borat from the ground? Up? Oh my god! I feel, I feel like we are at this stage, but you know, like the idea that that scene is weirdly quiet i think is something that we kind of or that mark really kind of like brought up to us a couple of times there is just like a handful of scenes that are completely devoid of ambient sound and it's really like distracting in a way once you actually like realize that in those scenes right like yeah it just feels like there's something hollow to them and something missing from them yeah yeah for sure Borat is diving to the deep, dark soul of America, but what about yeah. the deep, dark soul of Borat itself? Damn. Mm. Who'd have thought? Uh, There's a think piece in there. There is, there is, you know, like, um, Borat exposes the hollowness of American society, but who's going to expose the hollowness of Borat? Yeah. Damn. I'll take your resounding silence <laughs> as a sign <laughs> that this is a good idea. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh boy. So, um, so where else? Uh, where else do we want to go from here, y'all? Uh, we've we've talked for about Borat for about half an hour, uh, Mark. I feel like we've gotten a good spread on um, what you did like or didn't like about the movie. Was there anything about mm-hmm. it that um, I, I think we kind of touched on this before, but was there anything that particularly surprised you about the film, like uh, in terms of how it played out, in terms of like scenes, uh, characters, anything like that at all? Um, I'm trying to think. Um, Asma, I think as a character, I pictured much differently. Okay, interesting. Interesting. Um, Because, like, the image of him sort of being, like, the, like, 
Borat's producer or like connection to like the network. Um, uh huh. Like it sort of made me expect him to be sort of like a much more like put together person. Uh-huh. Right. Sure. Like I expected him to be much more like kind of professional than Borat was, mm. like in appearance at least. Yeah, because he is very slovenly, right? Like, yeah, he, he doesn't—he doesn't look like a big-time producer or whatever. He looks like really worse than Borat does. Yeah, because like he takes himself much more seriously, and like the—he's yeah. the one who's always like, you know, getting on Borat to like consider the shoot and everything, and like make sure everything's going according to plan. But he doesn't really reflect that, and I thought that was just interesting. Mm. That like. Wasn't what I was expecting for that character. Interesting. Okay. Okay. Um, I uh, I like Azamat a lot. I would um, I would almost go so far as to say Azamat is maybe my favorite character in the movie. But like, I don't know. Really? I just well, well, who? Okay. What? Are, <laughs> now hold on. <laughs> we've got we've essentially got three options. Um, yeah. For main characters, there's Borat. And Azamat and Linnell, right? Right, yeah. And I do, I do love Linnell, and you know, Borat is the obvious choice. But I feel yeah. like Azamat has some very kind of complex motivations going on under the hood, right? Like, um, mm. because you get the feeling, and then we talked about this that he doesn't really seem to like Borat all that much. Like, he doesn't. Um, no. no. Maybe by by the end, I guess they kind of come together, but um. I want the Borat prequel film showing me how the two of them met, and I also want the Borat sequel film because we've never dis- we now we've never discussed this before. We don't know what happens to Azamat after the end of this movie. That's true. Yeah, we, yeah like at the, at the end we don't see him at all. Like he's like, not there in that. He's in not that a scene. factor. Yeah, right. I, it's interesting because I feel like he. I want to say he loses his job at the end of the movie. Like, I think so. Because you see him, really? like, because you see him, like, performing on the street at that one point. Like, I feel like he's been cut off from, like, his old job or something, or, like, the mm. the network or whatever just is completely just, like, not supporting them anymore at a certain point. Yeah, because, I mean, they they were never supposed to leave New York, right? Like Borat kind of talks him into leaving New York, and they kind of wind up without any money, and you know they're like, uh, so you 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 could see the sort of um, logic there of like Azamat having to call the ministry or whatever to tell them what happened, and then it's you know just a whole thing of like, what the hell are you doing out in like dallas or wherever it is yeah. where they have the like nude fight you know so may- maybe azimat uh I like maybe that's the reason for some of like the hostility between them is that you know definitely yeah boards dragging yeah, them on this quest is... that's ultimately going to cost them their jobs yeah like i mean you you see it a few times in like when they're just arguing with each other like azimat is constantly bringing up that they want he wants to go back to new york or you know like he can't call the ministry or they'll like get mad because they're already way over budget or whatever you know so yeah yeah because I, I, I mean you know if it was a real life situation azimat would be the one whose you know ass was on the line basically you know he, he would be the producer he's in charge so interesting yeah interesting. May, maybe so like so it's interesting when you think about the end of the movie because it's just like where does that leave him like after all this happens where does that leave him is he is i mean he- 
Okay. Now I think of it. Now I think of it. When we see Borat on the bus, Azamat is not with him. Maybe Azamat stayed behind in L.A. Maybe Azamat, you know, is, you know, working outside the Chinese theater, still dressed up like Oliver Hardy. You know, maybe yeah. that's the wow. That's the answer. That's a that's a good point. Um, I do have a I do have kind of a spinoff question of this, and I do I do really like this line that we're going down here. Mm-hmm. Do you think that Borat made Linnell pay for their plane ticket back to Kazakhstan? How did how did he get Ooh. the money to get back? Is my question. Good question. That's interesting. My theory is that they sold Linnell's house and used that money to fund going back to Kazakhstan. Hmm. And I think that based on the ending of the film. Uh, I think Borat has stopped being a news anchor and now has a full-time job as some sort of weird, like, god king of this village. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, because we do get all of, like, the villagers, like, paying respects to his him and his wife at the ends. Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. As she is, like, milking milking the milk out of her out of her breast, yes. Yeah, and fe- feeding people her, like, breast milk cheese. Oh, my God, I fucking hate this, this movie. It, it's <laughs> worst. Yeah, that's an interesting theory, but, like, hmm. Like, I'm, tr- I, I'm trying to think here, though. Like, if we're going to go down that line, like, wouldn't the rest... Of, like, he would have had to also buy the rights to the rest of the movie from, like... Interesting. Because, okay. like... You know, because this is the the documentary he's making is a government funded documentary, right? Uh, so maybe you know, maybe he he and Linnell have purchased the rights uh, huh. from it. But it it is also as the um, as the opening credits let us know, it is a Bagatov Films production, which is okay. Azamat's surname. So maybe Azamat has. Maybe Azamat is in LA, you know, and he started up his studio oh. there. And he's got he's got some he's got some VC. You that know, would be and super interesting. He, yeah, <laughs> that would make a lot of sense. Like, if maybe he is their contact in Hollywood that helps to yeah. you know navigate the production of this movie. Okay, okay. Here's a quick. Okay, I just had a junior term brain blast. Okay, <laughs> okay. So we've talked a lot about what a Borat sequel would be on this show, right? Mm-hmm. Right. What if the Borat sequel was like a meta Curb Your Enthusiasm style movie where Azamat, who is now a rich Hollywood producer, tries to get in contact with Borat to make a sequel to the film Borat? Right, yes. Yeah. Okay. I- I I get this sort of vibe of like a Muppets movie kind of thing. Uh-huh. <laughs> okay. I just think it would be very compelling for this Borat sequel to take place in the real world and yeah. and it to be like, okay, Borat, you know, this was such this movie was such a hit. Uh and the fame has gone to Azamat's head, and Borat is like, No, no, I'm simply a simply a humble man living right. and eating eating my wife's breast cheese. But then, um, what's what's the conflict? How does how does Borat get to LA? Um, <sighs> does Pamela Anderson ring him up and he's like tempted? Is it like mm. uh, is Azamat's like one more movie for old times' sake? Like like Ooh. Borat, you've been out you've been out of the news anchor game for so long. You just yeah. got to do it one more time for old times' sake, you know? 
Maybe there's like an event. Maybe there's an event in Los Angeles that gets them there. Yeah. Like, maybe there's something with Borat, you know, sort of getting tired of domestic life and we get that sort of plot line. Yeah, maybe maybe Linnell wouldn't come back for the sequel, so like they they do like a Paul Blart Mall Cop two thing and just kill her <laughs> off. Like, and see what I'm thinking though is like we we know in from the first movie that it's established that um, everything he does his neighbor has to do. So what if the story is his neighbor went and made a movie oh, and that was even shit. more successful? And as a, as a Matt like talks Borat back in, go, give it one more go, you know, you right. gotta be the number one star from Kazakhstan, not this uh, Nur Sultan Tuliagbay guy next door, you know, <laughs> like... Yeah, what if, okay, oh my God. what if what if there's, like, uh, an Uzbek counterpart oh. who makes, Damn. you know, a movie that grosses more? Wow, and so we, it's that's sort even of, better. I'm thinking, like, a sort of, like, um, Rocky situation, Mm. Where, you know, he has to compete against the, the Russian opponent. <laughs> um, you know what oh, I mean? He has to come God. back out of retirement to defend his country's honor. This is this is really... I feel like for the for maybe the first time, we, we have come up with an airtight Borat sequel. Like, this is... <laughs> yeah. This is, this is comedy gold. Sasha Baron Cohen... Get on this fucking podcast. We've yeah. got the ideas. You've got the money. Hit us up. Hit the three concept of us up. copyright Borat Club podcasts. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we're we're gonna like I'm I'm gonna put this on a flash drive and mail it to myself and see it sealed <laughs> and just like just in case. Yeah. Oh boy. So um, I think that's all. I think that's all a great idea. You know, I will say over the weekend I did see the Sonic the Hedgehog movie. And I feel like it. Oh, I feel too, like yeah. it's essentially the exact same film as Borat. I feel like there's really? a lot of overlap there. <laughs> yeah. Well, it it's about it's about a mismatched comedy duo who go on a road trip to California. Um, oh my god, you're right. You know, there's there's tensions. It's it's very goofy. Um, there's a lot of there's a lot of sense of like uh, a lot of themes about belonging and such. Uh, Jim Carrey's in both of them, so you know I I, I really <laughs> wonder how how Sonic got away with ripping off Borat so directly. Yeah, and then there's the post credit scene where Tails shows up. Yeah, yeah, that's really weird. I mean, I would never have thought Tails would be part of the Borat lore, but um, mm, yeah. you know, it's it's a really interesting choice for Sega <laughs> to be involved. God, uh, the crossover, the crossover where Sonic throws one of his portal rings and it goes to Kazakhstan. It goes God. to the, it goes to the Borat universe. Yeah. <laughs> Sega are gonna make a Borat video game using like the Yakuza engine. Oh my god. They, they literally Fuck. could. They literally could. That would be so good. <laughs> oh my god. It would just be like um you have two locations, right? You're either it's like in Yakuza Zero, you're either in New York or you're in Los Angeles. Yeah. And right. um maybe it's like a Maybe it's like you're you're Borat in New York or you're Azamat in Los Angeles or um, <laughs> I don't know. I feel like that's a, that's an okay start, but it's not quite what we want. Um, I feel like it would have to have a different plot than the movie, though, is the thing. But I yeah. do think yes. I do think you could do pretty easily a Borat character action game 
where all of the uh, all of all of like the um all of the just... camera sequences are like are like the fights in Metal Gear Rising where like uh, yeah, you have I to was... like button mash to fall into the pieces of pottery at the antique store and like yeah. do combos. Yeah. I was. You, I'm just imagining like the naked naked fight sequence, except Bor Boris just doing this crazy like combo where he's just air juggling <laughs> as a man. Yeah. He's like he's like helicoptering his dick around like, <laughs> yeah. like, with, like, like the Street Fighter inputs. Yeah, uh, oh, Borat may God. cry or whatever you want to call it. Fuck. It's exactly so- the same. The Borat character action game is exactly the same as the movie, except he has the uh, <laughs> Raiden cyborg high heels the entire time. Yeah. 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 There's so Great. much multimedia potential. There Sasha is. Baron, Sasha Baron yeah. Cohen is not nearly tapped the potential. Can you imagine if they made a Borat video game that was like a Jackass video game or like Sneak King, like the Burger King game? I was literally just or- thinking that. I was <laughs> like, yeah, fuck, yeah. they'd probably put it in a happy meal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, where you play as Borat, and the whole point is just you go around and you 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 prank people, right? And you get yeah. like yeah. you get like punked points essentially. It that fits, would be oh god. my god! It like, fits like, the aesthetic okay. so well too, because like it could be yeah. a really shitty video game. So here we go. Good end Borat character action game. Bad end Borat gasha game. Mm, yes. True end Borat sneaking. Those are the only three. <laughs> <options>. <laughs> God. <laughs> do, I guess you could also do like a um you could do like a Borat like persona type game where oh, every um Fuck. every day on the road is like a different is like a different day right. in the game. Yeah. Um you got your different social links. Like, yeah. yeah. You got your social link with like the dudes outside the school with the etiquette coach. <laughs> yeah. I think driving I think frat boys. Yeah. There are like positive and negative social links. Where, like, yeah. you have to get, you know, your friends to like you, but also you have to try to aggravate everyone else. <laughs> I love that. New yeah. new from fucking uh, Blizzard Studios, Borat <laughs> Open World RPG. God. Uh, Borat MOBA. Put Borat, oh, put Borat in Overwatch 2. Put God. Borat in Overwatch 2. Put... Oh my God. You know... You- you know, if they made a sequel to Borat of any kind, there would be a promotional tie-in to some video game where you yeah. Yeah. get a Borat. <laughs> a, I'm, I'm, Team I mean, Fortress you, Two item set. Yeah, like you know, if Borat came out now, there would be like mankini skins in fucking every oh, video yeah. game. Oh my god! They'd be in like Fortnite or in Overwatch or whatever else. Just I would pay. I would pay any amount of money. To have a Borat loadout from my spy in TF2. Yeah. Like, like, really bad uh, TF2 spy voice. Like, yeah, it'd, my it'd be um, your Torbjorn Borat in Overwatch. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, there there are some Overwatch characters I would pay a lot of money to see in that mankini, but yeah. uh, not many of them. <laughs> Fuck. Oh God. boy. Uh where where do we go from here? What else do we have to talk about in this fucking movie? I feel like there are maybe one or two other things that we noted when we were watching it, but I cannot for the life of me remember yeah, at this point. No, we've gone too far. Yeah, I feel like we've <laughs> we've pretty much covered all the big stuff at this point. Um Should we uh should we mention that we found the magazine? Oh yes. that's right, yes. Yeah, yeah, y'all should y'all should talk about that. Yeah, the um, the like Baywatch magazine that he is—it's sort of like his holy relic, right? Um, yeah, 
during the movie that like it he, i think he refers to it as his beautiful he keeps it in like the little velvet pouch and everything uh you can buy that on amazon if you want it's like what three dollars plus shipping or something pretty, like that? pretty yeah. cheap yeah called Baywatch the Official Scrapbook by Mark Shapiro, if you want to hunt that down. Speaking of Baywatch, actually, also... Uh, you guys should get uh, a sponsored link to the <laughs> to the Amazon yeah, page. <laughs> yeah, our, our uh, affiliate link, we'll put it in the in the description. Um, but speaking of Baywatch, there was also the uh, the Pamela Anderson cutout. Uh, Mark, Mark, you... Oh my uh, god, yeah. Y- you wanted <laughs> us to draw your attention to that when it came on That's, screen, and it's... Uh, it's really something something. something. Man, it really is. Like the the orbs are just so large <laughs> and so centered. Yeah, like and it's the, like torpedoes. It's like literal torpedoes, right? Yes. And I I also noticed uh, because you know it's probably a cookbook or something. I think is what you yeah. guys have said. I think it's supposed to be. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm not a hundred percent sure, but that's the impression I've gotten. I but I noticed like I was looking at it and the cutout also has her just like sitting on a stack of just like dirty dishes. Yes, and it's yeah. very upsetting yeah. to me. Like I, it's really bad. I don't like that. She's gonna get a yeast infection if she's not yeah. careful. Ugh. Don't yeah, don't cook <laughs> naked. <laughs> and if you do, don't sit on a pile of like dirty dishes. At least like you know. Yeah, make sure your kitchen's clean at least if you're gonna yeah. do that. I feel like there's something, but it's not coming to my mind. Yeah, I didn't. Uh, I didn't take notes while we were doing this, so yeah. I don't know. There's, there's, there's something that's like just on the tip of my tongue, but I can't remember it. Um, I don't really know though. So maybe, uh, I don't know. Maybe, maybe that's it for this episode of Borat Club. Yeah. Unless we have, uh, we have anything else to add. So, Mark, you're feeling, um. You're coming out pretty positive on this first uh, this yeah. first watch of Borat. No, yeah, I had fun. Um, I <laughs> okay. <laughs> I would not be averse to coming back on the show. Great, it's, it's so funny because I feel like everyone we've had in the show has yeah. said that so far. <laughs> yeah, everyone is everyone has said they want to do it again. Um, oh yeah, my God. Well, <laughs> Uh, this is movie is a fucking curse. It's like a yeah. it's like a magician's hex. Oh, what a night, y'all! What a fucking <laughs> night. We did it. We did it. We made we, it through. We done did it. Episode done what? Did it. 18, 19? 19? Where are we 19? at? Nineteen, I think. Nineteen. Nineteen, wow. I believe. You guys are gonna have so, episode yeah. twenty in twenty twenty. Yeah, finally. Oh, <laughs> oh. So yeah, yeah I think. I think that'll about do it. Mark, thank you very much for uh, for joining us uh, this week. We, sure thing. We're very thankful uh, that we had another body in to help us because uh, it's always a, very much appreciated. And it's always much more fun to watch the movie with somebody else, especially when they haven't seen it before. Yeah. Um, yeah. Do you have anything, uh, you know, you want to plug a Twitter, other projects, anything like that you'd like to plug for people if they're listening? Sure. Um, you can follow me on Twitter at Avengifier, A-V-E-N-G-I-F-I-E-R. Um, I'm just talking a lot of shit on there basically right now. Right. Um, I also do another podcast with my girlfriend Holly and our friend Jess, um, called the Lupin Lottery, where we are watching 
all of the classic series of anime, Lupin the Third. Um, but awesome. We watch it completely out of order, uh, determined nice. by Great. a like random number generator. Hell yeah! Um, yeah, I love Lupin. That's one of my, that's one of my favorite anime shows. It's it's so very good. good. If you it. if you want to listen to us, just go off off our shits talking about how like Fujiko is fin doming Lupin. <laughs> and our our favorite theory on that show is that Goemon is actually just the sword and he's just possessing a body. Awesome. I love that. That's great. Yeah. Um it's on Shout Engine. Um, we'll, we'll put a link in the description as well for people if oh, they want to listen awesome. to it. Um and I think that's it. Cool. Ryan, what about you? Yeah, um you can find me on Twitter uh at sewer peak, which is P-E-A-K. My other project I do is Emoji Drome, which is with uh, Sylvia from Friends at the Table, where we pick a different emoji every week and allegedly uh, discuss it and allegedly talk about it. Um, I think the last episode we talked a lot about the Onceler and Rise of the Guardians. Great, so yeah. mostly just movies that people on Tumblr were horny for in 2012. <laughs> uh you know, so if that's your kind of thing, uh, check it out. It's it's uh, pretty pretty silly and pretty fun. Niall, uh, Niall, what are you up to these days? Yeah, uh, I don't have a personal Twitter, uh, as I say every week. Please delete your personal Twitter if you have one. It's the best decision you'll ever make. Um, I do a video game podcast, videogamechoochoo.com. We do reviews, videos, all the usual stuff uh, up to episode 302 at this point. So there's a lot there if you'd like to listen to that. Uh, and if you want to get in touch with us, uh, we're on Twitter at Borat Club. We also have an email, Cast at gmail.com uh you know that's if you want to give us your full in-depth thing pieces and reviews of borat um otherwise we just encourage everybody to please tell a friend share the show leave us a review on itunes or wherever else you might find your podcasts really helps uh get the word out there and uh helps with our weekly suffering um yeah. <laughs> through this uh, experience and uh yeah that'll about do it for episode 19 of borat club ryan thank you as always and mark thank you so much for coming <laughs> on this week once again yeah no problem yeah that'll that'll do it uh we'll see you next week till then <laughs>